What's up, guys? This is Matt from the Human Animal Podcast. We are back and in action. Very excited to be here on a a cold, snowy day, the first snowy day we've had in Indiana. Uh, Nate, I feel like you've had snow a little bit longer than us, though. Uh, yeah, well, we, we've had more flurries uh, for sure, but we have not had a lot of accumulation. There's just been just unbelievably brutal, cold Arctic wind. Oh, my God. Our windows face north. And so I, uh, I, the first time the winds got above like 25 miles an hour, I went around and uh, I started plugging all the holes, <laughs> all the, the leaky draft spots with like socks and like clear duct tape and stuff <laughs> like that. They make uh, like a, a plastic wrap you can put over your windows that really, really helps. Wasn't that supposed yeah. to be for like SARS? Or bird flu, didn't they tell you you needed to have that? <laughs> well, it it does double duty. Okay. Double duty. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go get some now. For real, it, it helps a lot. You can see, well, at least in previous houses that I've lived in, we could see uh, the plastic kind of moving back and forth as if the wind was blowing at it, which it was. But it helped. It, it reduced our, uh, like our energy costs by a lot. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Nice. Uh, I'll tell you what, that is one subject I did not expect to cover on this podcast was uh, how to reduce your energy bill. Hey. <laughs> hey, the very first episode we talked about zombie apocalypse, you know. That was uh, great. That's true. It's part of it. It all connects back. Full circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the circle is complete. <laughs> and now the podcast is done and we're never coming back. <laughs> no matter what you're saying, if you whisper it, it just sounds creepy. What are you talking about? What do you mean? I love coffee. <laughs> All right. Doctor that, Who's that, head. <laughs> that, that is so right. That sounded so creepy. <laughs> I love coffee. <laughs> what are we even going to do with this part of the podcast? Okay. Uh-oh. Focus. All right. <laughs> so uh, we are back to our like weekly subject series. So we're going to just pick one topic. Jake has our topic this week. We're going to try to... To hit it and kind of bring our our perspectives, uh, different perspectives to the topic, and give you guys just an, an insight into how we think about these things. So, Jake, what is our topic this week? So, this week I really wanted to discuss uh, program design, uh, particularly for individuals who, you know, we won't get a chance to work with in person. You know, I had I've had a few friends reach out to me. Apparently, they think I know what I'm talking about. Eh. They're wrong. Yep. But uh, I've had I've had some friends reach out and ask me, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm going to the gym, and I just I don't feel like I'm making a really good use of my time there. So can you you know give me a few tips, uh, some instruction on what to do?" So you know they're at at different types of gyms. One person just wanted some body weight stuff to be able to do, and the other person uh, I had them send me some pictures of what kind of equipment they had access to, uh, but. It got me thinking, you know, what are the movements that that really make a a program well balanced, right? And what movements can I have this person do that I don't need to be there to? It's not really coaching intensive, right? Mm. So how can we help these individuals uh, who we may not have an opportunity to work with directly? How can we get them going on a on a decent program? I've got lots of ideas on this one, Nate. Yeah, I, I've got so many that I'm actually having trouble organizing them in my head. 
Okay. <laughs> Jake, I know, can I just jump in? You want uh, me to just go? I would love it. Yeah. I know you said you were going to throw some ideas out. Uh, first off, um, everything we say, this is on you know a scale of good, better, best. Right? So um, whatever you're doing that's physical activity is probably at least good. Right. And the recommendations we're making are just to maybe, like you said, become more efficient in the gym or, or do something better. And even with, uh, the example of what can we do? That's a little not coaching intensive. It's the same thing we give, you know, with a coach is maybe best, but with an idea of what your goal is for what to do with the movement is probably better. And then at least doing, the movement itself or like attempting the movement is still probably good. So as long as you're sticking, I think in those general categories with it, with uh, the caveat of when you're without a coach, it's just even more important that you listen to your body and listen to the feedback your body is giving you. Don't go in there with the idea that whatever's written on the paper is the, is law and you can't change or modify or switch stuff up based on how you feel. So Everything we say is on a scale of good, better, best. That'd be my first thought. Mm-hmm. Um, second thought is I, I've been kind of thinking about exercise progression recently, and I think this goes straight into what you're you're asking about. Um, with exercise, I think of it kind of like a tower. Okay, and you start with the yeah, pure like a pyramid. Okay. You start with the most. Um, wide base, narrow top. You start with the most uh, basic foundational movements. And this is this mimics Gray Cook's uh, skill performance pyramid, which we've talked about before, where the base is foundational movement, the next level is strength and conditioning, the next level is skill. To me, that really holds true. And so uh, the movements that are going to have the most bang for your buck are the ones that are filling in the gaps as low down as you can. So if you have gaps in your foundational movement where you're not hitting certain movement patterns or, or certain uh, throughout the day, simply doing those movements gives you higher transfer through everything else than anything else will, mm-hmm. right? Then you go the next step up, strength and conditioning. So whatever movements you're missing or gaps, those ones that you fill in are going to give you the most bang for your buck and transfer higher to the skills. But it won't necessarily transfer down the other way. Mm-hmm. So I think of really building it from the base up, looking at your foundational movements, then looking at your strength and conditioning, and then looking at skill and trying to, to stay as uh, specific as possible, filling in your gaps, but then also kind of addressing the larger categories that I'm sure we're going to get into in a second. Um, those are two things, mm-hmm. right? I had a third thing, and now I'm trailing off. So is this – can we tie it to our limiting factor? Yeah, kind of, you know, I think filling in your, your gap. So if you think about – oh, yeah, that was my last thing. Uh, you thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so when we're thinking about, and then the last question is, what is your goal, and what are you trying to accomplish with your strength and conditioning program? Because you know, kind of from our perspective, and what we're seeing more and more is that exercise alone doesn't make up for a sedentary lifestyle. And so what I think sometimes happens with these strength and conditioning programs 
is that people try to fill in all the gaps for all the foundational movements and all the possible variations of strength and conditioning uh, to the point where strength and conditioning is their main source of movement, which obviously that's, again, it's good, better, best. That's better than not having anything. But I don't think a strength and conditioning program is most effective if it's trying to fill in all the movement gaps. So if we're restricted to only moving for an hour a day three times a week is what you're saying is not going to make up for a lack of movement everywhere else. Yeah, well, and then you just see these programs that get bigger and bigger because they're like, okay, we need to squat, hinge, push, pull. Oh, but then I need to do anti-extension, anti-rotation, anti-lateral flexion. I should probably carry, should probably do... Uh, lunge, split stance, single leg stance, uh, what, what about chop and lifts are both important too, kind of, but then I need to do rotational movements like medicine ball slams. I should probably do explosive power. And I just, I think you build out this big thing because you're like, well, people aren't twisting, stepping, lunging, squatting, moving on the ground in everyday life. Plus we have correctives. And then we have the resets and the correctives. And so... My first recommendation would be, okay, think about your goals, think about your major gaps, and try to start with just a couple of those and fill those in. To keep it simple. Yeah. And keep your programming as simple as you can, but no simpler, right? Just like, that's Einstein, isn't it? I don't know. Keep it as simple as you can, but no simpler, or make it as simple as you can, but no simpler. I think that's Einstein quote. Uh, Nate, does that sound reasonable so far? Uh, yeah, you know, I'd say, um, especially with the, the level of someone's movement competence and maybe their their training age, um, I would I would say when when you're looking to fill in your gaps, don't look for anything more than movement quality, at least until you feel really comfortable. Um, you know, so if <laughs> If you don't twist on a regular basis and, you know, you, you, you may not want to start with a super heavy med ball wall, like rotational wall slam. Like that's not, you know, going to be the best thing. So, you know, you may want to start light. You may want to start low volume. Just be really gentle with yourself as you are addressing these gaps that are going on because it's um you know you're, you're going to be using your body in a way that you haven't used it and you know you, you can't uh, you can't look at a rotational movement in the same light that you do a movement that you've been you know hammering for six years you know if you back squat all the time you know it's you're not going to necessarily be prepared for a med ball side throw or you're not going to necessarily be prepared for, you know, some sandbag single leg lunge with a, you know, twist at the top and all that jazz. You know, it's so take things nice and simple. Um, start body weight, start light, you know, just focus on movement competency before you uh, affect any other variable. You know, that, that would be my first call, you know, my first thought and my biggest caution. Um, and, and, you know, kind of harping back to what you said, Matt, with, you know, listen to your body, you know, with, with a lot of this stuff, 
especially when you start waiting it, you know, you're going to have aches and pains um, that are good and you're going to have aches and pains that you shouldn't be having. Um, and it's one of those things where you just, you need to be aware of kind of what's going on. You know, is this soreness, does, is this soreness like, oh, I just haven't used these muscles in forever? Or is this soreness something where, oh, you know, maybe I'm not as competent in that movement and other muscles are trying to compensate for, uh, you know, a, a lack of, um, you know, efficacy in that movement. Uh, you know, so it's it really just going back to gently going in, be aware of what's going on, um, and pay attention. Um, you know, that, that's my first thought. I, I can, I can jump into the nuts and bolts too. I've, I've got a, a lot of ideas, um, for people, but I, I kind of want to hear your, uh, y'all's opinion on that first. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. I think that one thing we've noticed with athletes that are really successful in a program or in general is you see athletes just have over time because they move so much have developed kind of an internal, uh, thermometer almost of what's too much or too little for them. And you'll see athletes come in and they're getting warmed up and they're excited about their training session. And then something feels a little off and they kind of have that internal awareness to be like, ah, I don't think I should push this hard today, but I'm going to push this hard another day when I feel good. And I think it's kind of a, the fact that we've just become so divorced from movement and from that internal mindfulness and awareness, like, uh, like you're saying, uh, it seems weird to coach people on it, but yeah, I think it is important to be reminded of. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about foundational movements and we're talking about strength and conditioning movements. And people are probably like, well, what, what do you mean by that? Can you give us, give some more specifics? And I have a little, uh, thing that I got from uh, Clifton, who was uh, on our podcast several blue moons ago. Quite a few. And he has a little uh, program design uh, thing he's put up, which some of the major movements are, broad movement categories that we would look at, are hinging, which is being able to fold from your hips uh, without uh, using your back to lift. Okay, so you could think of hinging movements in a gym environment might be uh, doing a glute bridge or a deadlift or an, a, a pull through an RDL, something like that. Some people call it a stiff-legged or a straight-legged deadlift. We have squats. Hopefully we know what those are. Uh, stepping or lunging, so stepping up or stepping out. Rotating and resisting. So that's our rotational movements and resisting rotation, pushing, pulling, carrying. So pushing would be like a push up or a bench press. Pulling would be like a row or a chin up carrying, which is one as a gap that a lot of people have because they rarely do it. Quadruped movements. So that means being on your hands and knees, or your hands and toes, stuff like crawling. We can do hanging and swinging. So those are both movements that our shoulders are uniquely capable of, which we've talked about before, hanging from a bar. So not just doing pull-ups, but actually hanging and swinging with our arms. Think monkey mm, bars. Brachiation. After love it. Yep. And resisting movement in general. So that could be like doing our plank, side planks, our core stuff where we're trying to resist uh, motion. 
I think that that's a generally a pretty good starting list. What do you think? I, I think that's uh, extremely uh, built out. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's really well thought out. To recap, hinge, squap, hinge, squap, squat. <laughs> that's a new step, way to move. <laughs> stepping, <laughs> rotating, and resisting rotation. Push, pull, carry, quadruped, hanging and swinging, and resisting movement. And I think that really is a nice way to build it out. However, again, don't try to accomplish all those things all at once. Look at them. Uh, try to try to balance yourself out between your hinge and your squat. Balance yourself out between your push and your pull. Do some resisted motion, some resisted movements and carrying. Do a little bit of quadruped. It could even be in your warm-up. And do a little bit of hanging and swinging and rotating resisting. Like, you can, you could get that in without doing, like, a ton of any of those. Whichever one you're not doing right now, adding that thing in is going to be the thing that just sends you over the top. But if you want uh, a really simplified idea for for what I would call supplemental strength training. So, Nate, you know, I sent I sent this idea over to Nate a little bit ago. And we've talked about before, what is a minimal effective dose? And a minimal effective dose could also be called the maximal efficient dose. Maximum efficient dose, which means I'm doing just enough to get my peak response and no more. It's a really good thing because we don't need, if I'm already getting the most out of it that I can get out of it, why would I go further if I'm not going to get any more out of it? And we can think about that with strength training. And if, as long as you are in the general population, someone who you're exercising for to increase your fitness level, to increase your health, uh, strength training should be supplemental. We think of strength training as being the focus of our movement, but like we were saying before, strength training should be supplemental movements and kind of help us fill in these gaps and strengthen up these areas. But it needs to be a part of a larger movement practice. And if you have that down, if you're playing, if you're on the floor, if you're trying to you know, not sit as much, get tons of walking in, exploring, if that's part of what you're already doing, then you only need a couple, honestly, a couple days a week, two days a week of strength training, of supplemental strength training to really send yourself over the top. Do we agree, Nathan? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So no, I, like seriously. I mean that. So I'm giving away program it. design right now. I'm just giving it away. Right. <laughs> Take it. So a, a really simple way to organize this is just to do pick three movements that you're going to do in the gym. And most people think that that seems crazy low, but all you need is some focus. Focus on the specific things that you need, uh, not this giant. A little bit of everything. Be, I like to say, be a, be a sniper, not a bomb. Hit exactly what you need. So I would break this down into six movements, and I would do three things on one day and three things on another day. And I would group all of the squatting and hinging together into bilateral lifting, so you're lifting with both legs. I would have my stepping in a category, push and pull, carry, and locomotive, which can involve some stepping, some dragging, some uh, quadruped, stuff like that. Okay, so for example, 
one day I'm going to go into the gym and I'll, we'll post this online because I'm going to talk about it and pe- I really hope I'm not going to lose people. But I'll pick one of the either the bilateral lift or the stepping. I'll pick one of the push or the pull and I'll pick one of the carry or the locomotive and I'll do that thing f- for three to five sets of five to ten reps and it's really that range five to ten reps you don't need to go too much more and you don't need to go too much less you can get a ton of benefit in that rep range and you can use it as a range you don't have to be always three sets of eight maybe you go in one day and you pick up the weight and you feel like man this is easy i'm going to keep getting a couple extra reps the next day you're exhausted and you back off a little bit that's totally fine uh and then you would just rotate the exercises you're picking from those bigger categories every three weeks. And I've, I've even broken this down to what I think are like three of the most fundamental lifts in each of these categories. You can find them online, but, uh, again, really quickly, like your bilateral lifting, a goblet squat, a kettlebell RDL and a kettlebell swing. Simple, uh, a singles step movement. You do a step up, you could do a forward lunge, you could do a single leg, uh, stiff-legged deadlift, or RDL. Push. You can do a push-up, you could do a one-arm overhead push press, or you could actually just push the wall, which is one of my new favorite things to do, and you can talk about that later. Pull. You could do a pull-up from a bar, you could do a row, a body weight row, or you could pull on a rope or a cable or a rack and do a, just an ISO hold pulling on something that's not going to move. When you carry, you can carry something at your side. You can carry it at your chest. You can carry it overhead. When you do locomotive, you can push or drag some weights. So pushing it in front of you or dragging it behind you. You can even hook up some weights and crawl around on the ground. And literally, I think if you just stuck to those three movement options within these categories and mixed and matched every three weeks, you would get all the growth and supplemental strength training you, you could probably ever need. That just made it really simple. That's ridiculously simple, right? I'm yeah. looking at it right now. Yeah. Especially if, um, you You're have it written, especially if you have it written out like that, it's, I mean, it's kind of the, the menu idea of, you know, choose three, of those three, pick one and I, rotate. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. There's so much variation within it too, you know, because you could do uh, farmer's carry in both arms or single arm at your side, at your chest, above head, you know, both arms, single arm. Yeah, how you load it. You could always change the grip. You can change the weight. You can change everything. The distance that you're going to walk. Yeah. Hey, Matt, yep. I, I think your mic changed somehow. You got coffee on it. Am I back? Nope. No, you're not back. Oh, I heard a click. Am I back now? You are. Yes, you are. I had to switch. For whatever reason, that side just keeps cutting out. Crappy. Tell so, me. did you lose me a long time ago? No, no, no. I, as, soon as, as soon as I lost you, after like one sentence, I said something. Okay. Yeah, so... You can change just how you're holding things, how you're loading things. You naturally get some of those other categories. You get the resisting or the rotation. Um, you get other pieces of it. And again, if you want to make this even more complete, 
look back at our original strength reset stuff and in between your set, just do a straight set of it. So if I'm going to do five sets of pull-ups, I'll do pull-ups and then I'll do some movement on the ground. Then I'll go back and do pull-ups again and I'll do another movement on the ground. And that could be rocking or rolling or nodding, crawling, any of those things. Uh, it could be your body weight Turkish get-ups. Hit that in between one time on each side in between your sets. You are so, you're covering everything. And yeah. that that you need to cover in the gym. Everything else, start cultivating that in in everyday life. Um, build your environment to force you to be fit or to allow you to be fit. Have a pull-up bar on the door frame. Uh, get rid of the chair. Start sitting on the floor. Uh, get up and down. Change positions often. Just doing those little things, those are the things that add up because they happen all the time. As opposed to the two or even five or seven days in the gym. Even that is not as much as what you move all the time. And your body obeys uh, obeys the law of whatever you do the most. I'm going to try to be the best at that. And even even people that are, um, you know, exercise-aholics and work out three times a day, they still do other things more than they exercise. Mm-hmm. So... Just start moving. Doesn't need to be exercise all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of the same concept as diet. Like you can't you can't supplement your way out of a poor diet. Yeah, you can't exercise your way out of a of a poor movement life. Exactly. You need rich uh, movement nutrition just as you need rich nutrition from food. Exactly. Yeah. And really, what what I I should probably add a category in there. If I'm if I was going to add a seventh category, it would be play. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just play Just with it. Jake and I were talking about there. this earlier. Jake and and Katie, uh, another friend of ours, did put a workout together, and they were asking me about what I thought. And I was like, you know what? It sounds like you hit the major categories, but uh, you know, there's one thing you're missing. And they both were like crawling. It's like, oh, actually, that's great, but no, that's not. And like, oh, you want to miss original strength resets? It's like, well, that would also be great. But I was thinking more along the lines of like a five-minute dodgeball break. (laughs) We know what happens during dodgeball. (laughs) Break my ankle. Yeah, Jake steps on dodgeballs and rolls his ankle. Two months later, I'm still talking about it. Yeah. (laughs) Like a a war veteran. The scars will remain forever. I just I walk with a limp now. Dodgeball. <laughs> um, I don't know. You, you have to be careful with Will. He can whip some dodgeballs. Yeah. Seriously. Holy cow. You have to be careful with Jake because he walks like a klutz. So. Whoa. 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 Hey, you know I love you, and I would never, never put you down. <sighs> Why is it you so know, true? except for on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. What's that? That we put you down on the podcast. I don't know why. Yeah, Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, seriously. Okay, back to back to what we we're talking about. Play. Yeah, I really think that play should be. It's. I mean, and honestly, each of those movements, you can find a way to play within it. Carrying, you can like grab something and run through an obstacle course as quickly as you can, holding it. You know, it's your significant other, and you're running from zombies. Yeah, pull. There you go. In uh, form. Pulling, you might go climbing. Maybe you really enjoy climbing. It becomes playful for you. Um, p- 
pushing. Maybe you like going to a field and flipping and pushing a tire over or playing around or wrestling against somebody, wrestling against your buddy. You know, there's so many squatting and hinging happening when your quadrupedal movement happen when you're sneaking through the woods or playing around, playing a game of tag or laser tag or whatever. Yeah. There's so many different ways to introduce play into this stuff. So even if you don't go to the gym or you do go to the gym, either way, I I really think it's beneficial to look at that aspect of it too because this should just be fun. We make it serious. I think part of why adults, you know, kids don't ask us which movements they should be doing. Uh, Adults do. Um, and part of that is because they have more awareness of, you know, exercise science and such like that. That's fine. But I think part of it is that it becomes a point where if it's not regimented, we feel like it can't be effective. Mm -hmm. And I disagree. I think that it can be free form and the, the free form, the creativity of adding in play in some ways is more effective for our overall well-being, mental state creativity uh and body because usually when we're playing and being creative we hit different positions we hit these different categories in ways that maybe if you only were in the gym you would never hit them well i i also i kind of want to reiterate what you just said because i feel like you dropped a knowledge bomb and people may not have caught that play and joyful movement is more effective and more healthy for you as a whole being than going to the gym three times a week and just hammering a regimented workout. Boom. Like, that cannot be overstated. So thank you for that, Matt, dropping that knowledge bomb. Thanks for picking it out, man. <laughs> so so what game's going to get me abs, Matt? <laughs> Um, all of them. Any of them that make you laugh. There we go. Yeah. I laugh all the time. Because you'd be, you'd be working the abs hardcore. Probably the games where you're going in and uh, fetching fruits and vegetables for your kitchen. <laughs> 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 are probably the ones most likely to get you abs. The, the, the ones where get, you're... Get, uh, do, do a scavenger hunt through the grocery store for fruits and veggies. Yeah. Through the grocery yeah. Yeah. You, you, you do a rotational throw of the bad food into the trash can (laughs) that one's great (laughs) i love it all right man so i mean do you think that will help your friends i know we we are always scatterbrained and all over the place but hopefully there's a little bit more focus i will post that program minimum in the blog post for the for this article so if you go to freefitguy.com you can find the and hit on podcast it'll be in the podcast links and you can you can find it and look at it for yourself and the very basic recommendations. Um, you really will. It will carry over into other things, and I'm, I'm I, I think you'll be really surprised at how simple it can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that it for us? Yeah, I think so. I think that pretty much covers it. All right, sweet. Uh, we will try to be back next week, but at this point, I'm just not going to make any promises. <laughs> when when we feel like we can get all three of us in the same room together and we have something that would actually be a benefit to you, we'll sit down. We're, we just, I think at this point we just know we can't be a serial podcast. But I do like serial. <laughs>
Oh my god! Okay. I had I had quick thing. What's your favorite cereal? Checks. I had cinnamon checks the other day. My monkey brain went boom. <laughs> I finished the whole box. Oh my gosh! That's I awesome. Know. Way to way to model. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, hey, I <laughs> way to model good food behavior for all of our listeners. Nathan. I couldn't help myself. It's okay. I, I don't do that often, but I'll tell you what. It was I, I. It was a rationalization trap. I know it was gluten free, and I was like, okay, you know, let me try it. I heard it was good. And oh my god! So it was pretty terrible. You're saying? Oh yeah, it was awful. Yeah. It was it was so bad. I didn't want my wife to have any, so I decided to eat it all. How kind of you! <laughs> I haven't had cereal in probably close to two years. Yeah. What What was your favorite cereal prior? Probably Cocoa Pebbles. Okay. That's rice based, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I also haven't had cereal in a very long time, but if I ever do have cereal. I go super simple, just like plain Rice Krispies. Nice. Who eats Rice Krispies without at least no, four no. tablespoons of sugar? I don't. I don't put any sugar in it, and I put in. I don't even use. Usually, I won't even use milk. I'll use half and half. I want it like Whoa. super fatty. Yeah. <laughs> that just sounds scary. That, so, so what you're telling me is the Rice Krispies are just a vehicle for you to in just half and half fat. Yes, cow exactly. fat. Exactly. Okay. All right. All right. I, I see where you're going with that. That's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> let's uh, let's leave everyone in peace. All right. All right, Thanks guys. If you have any questions, uh, hit us up. The Human Animal Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find Nathan and myself on Twitter. You can find Free Fit Guy on Facebook. Uh, Jake's still off the grid. And actually, Jake isn't even Twitter his real name. There. I don't even know. Like. <laughs> I don't know. I'm out there. I don't know. My Jake Jake's main goal is that if you type in his name into Google, nothing comes up. It's true. But I am up there in Google. Are you? Yeah, a little bit. You got to start knocking some people off. <laughs> There's only one person who shows up more than me. And so we, we just have to battle. All right. It's like the one with Chet Lee. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll see you later. Bye. Have a good week. Peace.